All right, well, hey, good morning, good Sunday morning to all of you here today. Welcome to church. Welcome to New Life Church. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, I'm thankful we get to actually gather. It was close. <laughs> it was close where we don't, may not have had an opportunity to, to come together um, here. Uh, we, we did have another church, local church, who did offer their space to us. Um, and I'm um, thankful for that, thankful when other churches recognize that and, and, uh, and, and reach out and say, hey, we're praying for you. If you need anything, let us know. And um, I'm thankful for, um, we had a, a, a big crew yesterday from our school. A lot of our families came out yesterday to help do a lot of cleanup, more than what was originally planned because uh, of the storm. And if you look over my right-hand corner, that's over my shoulder, that's, that's the significance of in here. Uh, it obviously looked a whole lot worse in here uh, on Thursday morning when we came in, and uh, it, was, it was pretty bad. Uh, we were able to get a sneak peek Wednesday night about an, about an hour and a half after the storm happened. And um, so just to give you an idea, this is about all we can do as far as our setup goes. Uh, we're not really supposed to put anything up on the stage. We just put some curtains and banners up just to kind of hide some of the mess back there. It's in the process of being cleaned and restored, and we'll be in touch with the contractors and the insurance this week to let us know what the game plan is and what things will look like moving forward. So we're hoping we won't be removed from this location to be able to gather, but uh, today we are here, so we'll take it step by step and uh, week to week and let you know. And, uh, but I uh, appreciate all of you who have helped so far, those of you who, who came out to serve and help make things happen. Could not have done it without you. And uh, thankful from the reports I've heard so far, uh, no one in, in our uh, uh, body has had any kind of major effect happen as far as from the storm. Uh, and if we overlooked that and did not hear that, please let us know. And if there's anything we can do to help, we will, we will do what we certainly can to help you out, okay? Uh, welcome online, um, those of you who are watching with us this morning. Um, we welcome you into our service this morning. And uh, you'll hear more about this as we, as we move forward, but we're, we're starting a series today about Easter as we are approaching um, the time frame of celebrating the, 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 the crucifixion of Christ, the burial of Christ, and certainly the resurrection of Christ. And that's what our series is called, Resurrecting Hope. So the whole month of April is dedicated to really digging in and looking at the stories of Christ at the time and near about the time of all of that happening. And, um, and I'm going to invite you, if you've got your Bibles open, to the Gospel of John chapter 11. The Gospel of John chapter 11. And I want to tell you, you'll hear about it in the announcements but um, a little later, but I want to tell you that on Good Friday, um, we're, we will be having, our plan is to have a candlelight communion uh, gathering here uh, at 6 p.m., on Good Friday, we haven't done a, a, a communion. Uh, excuse me, a Good Friday service in a few years, and so, but we felt strong about doing it this year, and so I want to go ahead and tell you that now. Mark it down, put it down, and love to have you out. Invite you for that on Good Friday at 6 p.m. for a candlelight communion worship gathering. John chapter 11 is where we're going to be today, and. Um, talking about the resurrecting hope that is in Jesus Christ. And I just kind of set, set this series up. You know, the, the challenges of life are many for all of us. 
And certainly, they, they really cannot be faced without the living hope of Jesus living inside of us. Certainly, we can go, we can, we'll face challenges, we're going to face issues, but without the hope of Christ, it makes it impossible uh, to truly have an outlook and, and a dependency and a, and, a, and, a, and a peace to get us through. And, and, and that's all tied into having faith in Jesus, putting our trust in Him. The Bible def, defines faith in Hebrews 11.1 1 as the substance or the confidence um, that is what we hope for will actually happen. That faith is what gives us assurance of things that we cannot see, that they will actually take place. And you know, this, the, the Bible is full of all kinds of stories of, of, of how Jesus interacts with people. The Gospels especially are full of stories of the interactions that Jesus has with people and, and showing, highlighting how he has love and how he has compassion for each and every one. And there's this story here in John 11 is, is, is one of the resurrection stories that precedes his own resurrection story that, um, that really speaks life and speaks hope into our, into our lives. And it's titled, If You Would Have Been Here. If You Would Have Been Here. Let's look at these, this story in John 11, verse 1. It says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters Mary and Martha. And this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet, wiped them with her hair. And her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. It'd be like us praying. It's our sending their prayer request to the Lord. Verse 4, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. And then finally he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Let's look over at verse 20. It says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Look down at verse 32. Then when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and she said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. In this encounter with Jesus, it, it shows us how he meets people in the midst of their sorrow and in the midst of their grief. And it goes on to show us how we can discover that hope in Christ, how he can meet us in the midst of our sorrow, in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our disappointments, in the midst of our discouragements, in the midst of our despair, etc., how he meets us where we are. And this shows us, this story shows us that really there is no one who's exempt from suffering. 
There is no one who's exempt from going through the trials of life, going through tribulations, going and having afflictions, you name it. The story shows that no one's exempt. It's very important to point out. It said Mary and Martha and Lazarus loved Jesus, and it said Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, but yet he still got sick, and it, he stayed, Jesus stayed where he was for two more days before deciding to go where Lazarus was sick. It shows us, hey, those who love Jesus still go through things, okay? Does not make anyone exempt from going through situations. The thing is, we can either experience suffering in this world with Christ or without Christ, all right? With Him or without Him. Suffering apart from the Lord is torture to our souls. It leaves us stuck in the dark places of life without hope, without Christ. It leaves us without being able to to get out. It leaves us in the graves of despair and discouragement and disappointment. But with Jesus, it's liberating in that it ultimately leads to a brand new life, to a resurrected life, as we're going to find out in this story. I want you to consider something as we set this up. Today's text is really a, a theologically disturbing text <laughs> because it doesn't make sense naturally. It does not make sense naturally. And we're going to find out. I think this story has so much meat and potatoes to it. Can I, can I try to serve you some steak and potatoes? Even if you are a vegan, you're missing out. I'm sorry, but you're missing out. But still, I, I sympathize with you, and, and I pray that you will convert your ways to steak and potatoes. But can I serve you something of substance today as best as I can that... Um, Delivering this word on Easter Sunday would be really easy to hype it up. But delivering it about two weeks prior, especially, you know, we go through literal storms. And all of us have trials and go through challenges. Leaving us with this same question that Mary and Martha both had and a statement. If only you would have been there. Where was God when that happened, right? Where was he when I had to go through whatever? Where was the Lord when this situation took place? And so I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have not wrestled over this message this week because I have, because it's not an easy story to tell in, I, in, in, in what I would say in, the, in just the transparent, vulnerable, hardship way of life. But I also share it knowing at the end of the story we see the outcome. And this, and this story sheds light. And again, it gives people, and it gives believers, it gives disciples of Christ hope because it gives us something to hang our faith hat on. Something to grab a hold of. Something to truly ensure that we won't fall. And that's what this, that's what this story, I think, 
really, really gets down to the meat of the, of the matter, the heart of the matter. Consider this, this with me, Romans 8, 28. Look at it on the screen with me. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who wear Christian t-shirts. says he causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Those who love the Lord, who serve the Lord with their life, who aim to please God with their life and to follow the purpose that he created them for, God has a way. He has a way of working everything out for our good and for his glory. And that is challenging. That is challenging because sometimes we get stuck in a place of wondering how can he take and make good come out of this situation. In this story, I, I want to I focus on three pillars of support that Jesus is and what he shows and how he demonstrates three pillars of support where we can hang our faith and that support our faith. Because at the end of the day, if it's faith is what God responds to. Trust in him, belief in him, confidence in him. Not perfection, not performance, but faith. Believing in him, confidence of what we hope for in him, believing that what we hope for will actually happen in the way he can make it happen. And so, three thoughts here about this. One, Jesus sees the bigger picture of life. Two, Jesus is not afraid of how we feel. And three, Jesus can bring dead things back to life with liberty. Let's look at that. Jesus sees the bigger picture of life. Although he loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two more days. Why would Jesus not just instantly rush to their request? And that, at that time, they sent message to the Lord. He was presently nearby. In our day and time, it's the way we would pray. We would pray, God, here's our issue. Our brother is sick. Or here's our, here's our diagnosis. Here's our crisis. Here's our problem. Here's our issue. And we're praying it to the Lord. And he stays where he is for two more days before sending any help, before doing anything, before responding to it in the way we think. Hebrews 12, the writer of Hebrews 12 tells us this in verse 2, that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So Jesus sees the bigger picture of our life. You ever, you ever talk to anybody where you're trying to explain to them something going on in your neck of the woods, in your world, and they cannot fully focus and hear what you're saying they immediately start to talk to you about their problems or tell you about something in their life 
And all you're looking for is somebody just to try to hear you, somebody just to try to see you, somebody just to try to pay you a little bit of attention to empathize or sympathize with your situation. And they, have, they are like so totally unable to actually join you because of, of what they are happening, what's going on with them. Yeah, you see, that's how we get with God. That's how we get with the Lord sometimes. We want Him to see us. We want Him to hear us. We want Him to respond straight to us at that moment in time. We all have a situation, every one of us, that we can recall where we needed the Lord to show up right then. We had a situation where we need Him to just be present in a very tangible, life-changing, de- demonstrative way that just, it, 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 it's no denying that God is, is right there in the middle of, of whatever it is, a, a diagnosis, a sickness, a broken relationship, a financial crisis, um, shattered dreams, whatever it is that we can all, well, any one of us can have, we have situations that we can recall where we were in need of God to show up when we wanted, to, when we wanted Him to and how we, we wanted Him to do that. We just expected this is how God's going to do it. This is how he's going to show up. This is how he's going to answer. This is how he's going to provide. This is how he's going to make it right. This is how he's going to do it all. He's going to cross this T, dot, dot, I. He's going to get a hold of them because they did me wrong. He's going to make them pay because they did me wrong. He's going to come through and do it just like I want him to. But often our timing is not God's timing. Consider this, Isaiah 55, verse 8. Follow it on the screen with me. The prophet says this about the Lord. He says, the Lord says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God does not think the way we think. God does not act the way we act. God does not respond the way we respond. He doesn't handle it all the ways we would normally handle things. I don't like going through things and and it not happening and turning out the way I want them to. I don't like having to deal with stuff when I don't get to, you know, really make the solution happen. It's tough. That's hard. But Jesus sees the bigger picture. You know, in this life, we're limited on how we see. We're limited on being able to see the bigger picture many times. Because the trials, the difficulties, the hardships that we deal with and we face, that we wrestle with and have to go through, they, they, they leave a wake of heartbrokenness. They leave a wake of of disappointment. They leave in us, you know, letdown and discouragement and, and sometimes sorrow and sometimes grief and all of those types of things. It, it, because we, we can't see how possible God can turn this around for good sometimes, it, it, it makes it very difficult to see that. Listen to, look at this with me in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12. Paul writes, now in this life, right now, We see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. 
All that I know right now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. The good news is even though you and I are unable to see clearly everything and understand and and, and comprehend, that's just how life is. But one day we will see it clearly because we have to trust, first, Jesus sees life clearly. Jesus has no issues with his vision. He has no problems being able to see our problems, being able to see us in the midst of our problems. He has no no issues with that. He can see clearly. And we will one day, it will all make sense. Things will all click. Things will all come together when we are on the other side of eternity. We will see it all clearly. But in this process of this earthly life, guys, we have to trust that Jesus sees the bigger picture of life. He sees the bigger picture of life. And I know like saying that sometimes and hearing that is, is, is two different things for it to, to go from the head to the heart for it to click, for it to make sense, for it to work itself out in reality. But that is who we have. He sees life in its fullness. And I don't, I don't know about, I would like to say all of us, we could be there, is that when we go through the trials, when we go through the tribulations, when we go through storms, when we deal with stuff, here's the thing. Who do you want to be in control our, ourselves, where we can't see everything, where we don't know everything, where we can't make the outcome be what we want it to be, or the one who knows and can see it all clearly, him. Jesus sees the bigger picture of life. And here these people are in this story, and I know it can be kind of like, well, man, if anybody should be getting some, some the inside help, the inside scoop, the, the, the cutting the line, you know, get me ahead of everybody. It should be Martha, it should be Mary, and it should be Lazarus. But that they had to wait like everybody else had to wait. And sometimes having to wait is not always fun and not always pleasant, right? But Jesus sees the bigger picture of life. And then, too, Jesus is not afraid of our feelings. And here's where it kind of gets real. Because how we feel is how we feel, right? How you feel is how you feel, and it's reality, and it's there. Look at this in verse, verse uh, 21 again. Martha said to Jesus when he finally showed up, when he got there, again, he had already uh, waited two days, decided to go. By the time he got there, Lazarus was dead, been in the grave for four days. Everybody who was, you know, they had already called the, the friends and their family. Everybody was showing up with casseroles and cakes and pies and desserts and left, you know, spaghetti and fried chicken and all the things that all of us show up to people's houses with when they go through some difficult times and try to feed everybody. And they had all those people around, and Jesus showed up. Martha goes out to meet him, and here's what she said. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. If only you would have got here sooner. If you only you had done it my way. Right? And then Mary, since Mary stayed in the house, she was like, I ain't going out there. He didn't do what I asked. He didn't come through when I wanted him to. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to eat my cake. I'm going to stuff my face, and I'm going to cry. And I'm just going to be right here. But we'll get to that in a second. 
she did go see him. And when she saw him, she told him the same thing in verse 32. She said, she fell at his feet. And she said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. They were both angry. They were both confused. They were both anguished. They were both sad. And they were both brokenhearted. And the Bible, th- here's the thing. The Bible shows us this complicated relationship between creation, which is us, and creator, who is God. And the relationship between us humans and our God is never just clean and tidy and in a cookie-cutter mold. It's just not that way. There's a wide range of hearts from full of joy to being full of brokenness and full of hurt. That's what this, this whole book shows us. But in the middle of it all, It shows us the God who is alive, the God who cares, and the God who is still good. The God who who mends broken hearts, the God who heals broken lives, the God who, who is there even though it feels like he's not there sometimes. And this is where they found themselves. And I want to tell you this, when it comes to how we feel, when it comes to what we're dealing with, consider this Psalm 56, 8. Look at this with me talking about the Lord. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle, and you have recorded each one in your book. Not one tear is lost on God. Not one. Not a single one. So what do we do with our feelings? Jesus is not afraid of our feelings. What do we do with our feelings? Well, Martha and Mary show us, hey, I don't know who else to go to but Jesus. I have nobody else but Jesus. I have no one else but the master. I have no one else but the teacher. There's no one else who's, who knows me. There's no one else who's, who's called me. There's no one else who's showed me the kind of love and compassion but Jesus. So I have to go to him. Even though I feel like I feel, I still must go to him. And Martha goes to him. And then Mary eventually goes to him. But here's, catch the interaction. They go to him and they tell them how tell him how they feel, but how he treats them is he doesn't reprimand them. He doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't tell them anything bad about themselves. But what's he do? He comforts them. He comforts them. It's okay. Can I tell you, it's okay for us to be real and honest and raw with Jesus See, religion has taught us that we got to try to hide some stuff, that we got to try to pretend we got, we got it all together when we know we don't have it all together. Religion tries to teach us that we don't need help. We can help ourselves. God helps those who help themselves. Mm-mm-mm. No, that's not right. Because if we could help ourselves, then how, do, how can we need the Lord? Jesus can handle how we feel. He's not afraid of how we feel. And they go to him, and I don't know in what tone they took. We can only kind of speculate. We can only kind of try to read between the lines in the story. If you would have only been here, man, my brother would not have died. Maybe one way. The other way, Mary was just sobbing, fell at his feet. Lord, if you would have just showed up, I wouldn't have to be going through what I'm going through right now. But they got to a place where they could go to him and they could tell him how they felt. 
And here's what I want to want to kind of zero in on this part right here. Follow with me in verse 23 through 26. How Jesus comforts each of them. In verse 23, Jesus told Martha, hey, your brother will rise again. And Martha's like, I know he will rise again when everybody else does, but I don't know when that's going to be. He's like, no, 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 listen. I am the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me, who, who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And do you believe this, Martha? And she goes on to tell him, yes, I have always believed that. And then it takes a turn. So Jesus comforts Martha with the reassurance that if you will believe in me, if you will put your faith in me, even though you don't understand what is going on, even though you don't have the answers in the sense of the way you think you should, even though you don't know how it's all going to work out, even though you don't know what tomorrow will hold, but if you will just put your faith in me and trust in me, and that's how he comforts her, and he reminds her, it's me you need to depend on, friend, in every storm of life and every situation of life from the smallest to the biggest. It's Jesus that we need to depend on. And she's like, you know, I need to go tell Mary this. Mary needs to hear you say this. Mary needs to be reassured. So she goes to Mary. Look at verse um, 28. Look what Martha does. Said she returned to Mary. Mary was where? Where was Mary this whole time? In the house. She returns to Mary and she called Mary aside from the mourners. And she told her, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Verse 30, Jesus stayed where on the outside of the village at the place where Martha met him. And when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they, assured, they assumed that she was going to Lazarus' grave to just weep. They followed her there. And then when Mary arrived, she saw Jesus. She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 33. And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Martha went to the Lord on her own. She had it within her at the time. I heard the Lord's coming. I hear he's near. I'm going to go out to talk to him. I'm just going to have a conversation with him. And she told him how, how she felt. He comforted her and reassured her. Then she's like, I need to go get Mary. Mary, it's not good for Mary to stay in the house where she's at. She needs you. And so she goes to the house and she calls Mary aside from the mourners. And then Mary goes to see the Lord, and she tells him how, he, how she feels. Sometimes we're going to be a Martha, and sometimes we're going to be a Mary. I know for guys, it's, it's cool. We just need to let, let, let it go. We can be like these two ladies. We're going to be in one of these, one of these shoes, 
Sometimes we're going to be a Martha where we have it within us. I know, I don't understand it, but I'm going to go to the Lord. I'm going to talk to him, and I'm going to be with him, and I'm going to express to him. I'm going to give him everything I got in my heart and how I feel, even though it's good, bad, and ugly, and in between. I'm just going to let him have it. I'm going to tell him off, and I'm going to let it all out, and I'm just going to let him love me back. And sometimes we're going to be like Mary where I ain't going anywhere. I'm staying put. I'm mad at God. I don't understand him. If he'd have just shown up and done what I wanted him to do, I wouldn't be dealing with what I'm dealing with. If he'd have handled my business the way I needed him to handle my business, then I wouldn't be dealing with this business right now. And sometimes we're going to be like a Mary, and we're going to be stuck and surrounded by people who misery loves company. But truth be told, we can't live there forever. We can't live there forever, and Martha knew that. Martha heard what Jesus had to say. Trust me. Believe me. Put your faith in me. And so she goes back to the house and says, Mary, listen, Mary. I know you don't like it, Mary. I don't like it either. But the master, he's outside. And he wants to see you. He's not mad at you, Mary. He's not going to rebuke you, Mary. He's not going to tell you, oh, ye of little faith, not in this situation, Mary. No. You need to come on outside. You need to get away from everybody who's crying right now. And you need to go to Jesus. Sometimes we're going to be a Martha where we can go to him. And sometimes we're going to be the Mary where we don't want to go to him. And then oftentimes when we are the Martha, we need to realize... He may be calling us to pull somebody out of their grave, to pull somebody out of their darkness, to call somebody out and say, you need to go to Jesus. You need to take your troubles, take your burdens, take your hardships, take all your hurts, take all your feelings, and you need to go and talk to the Lord about it because he really can help you. We're going to be in one of those places at different times, different days, different seasons, parts of life. We're going to find ourselves there. And, we're going to, and I'm thankful for those times when Martha's have come to me and have told me, hey, you need to snap out of it and you need to go and take it to the Lord. You need to go to Jesus because you can't deal with it on your own. You can't handle it on your own. Jesus is not afraid of how we feel. And I think this last part of this, this little part of this story tells us why. Because Jesus feels with us. He went to the grave. He saw the tomb where Lazarus was. Martha and Mary and all the mourners were around. And it said that Jesus wept. Verse 35, Jesus wept. He felt he felt. Isaiah said this about the suffering servant Christ who would be coming, that he was despised and rejected, that he was a man of sorrows, a man acquainted with grief. When we hurt, he hurts. When our heart breaks, his heart breaks. When we weep, he weeps. Jesus wept with them. And I want to remind you of that. I want to tell you that, that hey, when you feel it, he feels it. We don't serve a God who is unacquainted with our earthly human sorrows. We may not know how somebody else feels, rightly so. 
but he does. And because he does, he can step in and he can bring to us what we need and he can help us right where we need it and what we're dealing with. You know, sometimes the help we need is not the help we thought we needed. Sometimes the help we need is not really what we thought we needed. But God knows. Consider these words in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And on later in Psalm 147, verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and He bandages their wounds. Jesus is not afraid of our feelings because He has feelings. He feels our feelings. And then lastly, i got to make this one quick. You guys okay? You ready to go home? I'll just like pack it up. We'll go. You ready? This side's like, no, what's this side say? You're like, you're good? Okay. I've never ever heard another preacher do what I'm doing. So I'm like totally not the like textbook preacher, okay? Asking the congregation, do you want to hear more preaching? Uh, what are people going to say? No, I want to go home. <laughs> Jesus is not afraid of your feelings, but I am. I'm afraid of your feelings. <laughs> Lastly, Jesus brings dead things back to life, but with liberty. Read with me in these last few verses of this story, verse 41. Jesus had told them, hey, roll the stone away. So they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven and he prayed, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And then Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and let him go. Jesus brings dead things back to life, but he does it with liberty. What do I mean by that? Well, he prayed and he called Lazarus out of this grave, out of this tomb. And in this story, he, he, he calls a dead man back to life. But in, 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 our, in our life, in our story, he can bring resurrection hope to the places in our life that seem to be dead. Our joy, he can bring it back. Our, our peace, he can bring it back. Our dreams, He can restore. Our relationships, He can rebuild. Our purpose, why we are here, He can make it known. He's solid at that. He calls us out. He called them out. He calls us out of our darkness, our sorrow, our grief, our disappointment, our discouragements, and our despair. He calls us out, and He calls us back to life. But then, notice this story Lazarus came back to life, but he came back to life still bound with grave clothes. The ancient tradition is that they would wrap people who died in so much linen that it would literally weigh about 100 pounds. And they would wrap their head in so much linen that it would make their head look like it was one foot wide. It looked like a literal mummy is what he looked like. And here he comes back to life, but he was still bound. Notice who Jesus told to unwrap him. 
Holy Spirit, go over there. Unwrap him. Did he say that? Mm -mm. Angel Michael, Angel Gabriel, go over there and unwrap them. Did he say that? No. Who did he tell to unwrap them? People. Perhaps Martha, perhaps Mary, some friends, people who knew them, who were near there. He said, go over there, unwrap him, and let him go. Not only does Jesus call us out of our graves of despair and darkness and sorrow, but Jesus circles us with people who will help walk with us in life to take steps of strength and liberty to move forward. Not only is Jesus with us, but Jesus puts us with great people. None of us would be anywhere without somebody else. My life is full of circles, many circles of people that over the last 31 years of serving the Lord and knowing Him, how He has put so many different circles of people in my life at different times. Some of them still there, some of them just a phone call away, some all, all very real, very present in my life today, here and even in this church. I, I think of conversations I had with some of you this week, how you encouraged me, how you, how you loved me, how you said nice things to me, and how that made me feel. It's circles of people that God puts us in that helps us walk free, that helps us walk in liberty. I love that. I love that. And friend, that's the thing about it, is that Jesus calls us back to life and gives us new life, but then he puts people in our path and puts people in our circle and encamps around us and, 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 and is there with us who encourages us to take the right steps, who's with us to say, hey, you got this, you can do this. A pat on the back, a prayer, an encouragement, whatever it is, never underestimate the power of somebody walking with you. They may not know exactly what it's like for you to feel what you feel, but if you got somebody in your corner, if you got somebody walking beside you, if you got somebody walking ahead of you and you got somebody walking behind you, you need to count your life a huge blessing. And for those who feel like you're alone and you don't have anybody, I want to pray today and ask God to open your eyes and to put people in your path and for you to see that, man, you are not by yourself. You do not do this life alone. You do not walk through trials alone. You do not walk through suffering alone. Not only is Jesus with you and calls you out, but he circles you with great people who will walk with you and help you to take the strong steps of faith that you need to take so that your life can move forward in the liberty that Christ has provided for you. But then the closing of this story happens in the next chapter. I'm not going to read it, but what happens is they have an after party. Six days before Passover begins, so for us, that would be next weekend, um, six days before Passover begins. So it'd be like looking at a week later. They have an after party. It's at the home of, guess who? Lazarus. It said that Martha was preparing and serving the food. It said that Lazarus was sitting at the table eating with Jesus. And it said that Mary, in chapter 11, verse 2, that same Mary was worshiping Jesus with expensive perfume and washing his, his feet with her hair. I think they were able to have the after party Because they went to Jesus, trusted him with their future, 
trusted him with, that, with their feelings. And they put their lives in each other's hands with God. And I think for you and I, there are things that are down the road for us in our life that God has planned for us, that God wants to do in us, how he wants to use you. They were willing to let go of if you had only been here. And they went with, God, I don't know how this happened, but this happened. I don't like how it happened, but it happened. But I'm not going to doubt you. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to still worship you. I'm still going to put my faith in you. I'm still going to trust you. There's going to be some ugly parts to me, but I'm going to give it all to you anyway because I've learned to realize you love me in spite of however I feel and however I look. But you, you, it wasn't a, you didn't choose me when I had it all together, and you don't keep me because I try to have it all together. You love me in spite of all that. They had the after party because they let go of if you would have been here. And they went with, I'm here, you're here, and I'm going to go forward with you. I trust you. My faith is in you, even though I don't understand why these things happen. I'm going to trust you with my future. And friends, there's a, there's a great after party waiting for everyone who puts their faith in Christ. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And when you get to that table, it, you go, we're, we'll be surrounded by all kinds of people. And we're going to be looking around and be like, how'd you get here? And they're going to be like, well, I didn't know you were going to be here. <laughs> and that means somebody somewhere, somewhere, how along the lines decided, if only you would have been here, God, to, I don't care. I'm just putting my faith in you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to depend on you. I'm going to put my life in your hands. And I'm going to do what Romans 8.28 says. I'm going to love the Lord with my life. And I'm going to serve him for the purpose he created me for. And I may not understand everything and have to have all the answers. But I'm going to trust the one who writes my life from beginning to end. And I'm going to stick with Jesus because Jesus had been sticking with me. And even though there's times where it doesn't feel like he's with me. I know he's there and he will help me. And he will put people in my life who will help me and he will always see me through because he has always been faithful he has always been good and he will continue to be faithful and he will continue to be good